Hello. La 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 Figaro. Guess what I was just editing. I have no idea. Back to the bins. Is that you, Santa Claus? I'm preparing for some Christmas sharing, but I pause because hang in my stocking, I can hear knocking. Is that you, Santa Claus? Shoe is dark out, ain't the slightest spark out on my clacking jaw. Who's there? Who is it? Uh, stopping for a visit? Is that you, Santa Claus? Are you bringing a prison for me? Something pleasantly pleasant for me. Then it's just what I've been waiting for. Would you mind slipping it under the dough? Old winds are howling. Or could that be growling? My legs feel like stars. Yeah, my, my, oh me, my. Kindly will you reply? Is that you, Santa Claus? Yes, hang in the stocking, I can hear a noggin. Is that you, Santa Claus? For a visit, is that you, Santa Claus? Oh, there's Santa, you gave me a scare. Now stop teasing, cause I know you're there. Oh, we don't believe in no goblins today. But I can't explain why I'm shaking that way. Then I can see old Santa in the keyhole. I'll get to the cause. One peek and I'll try there. Oh, there's an eye there. Is that you, Santa Claus? Please, 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 I'm my knees. Say that's you, Santa Claus. That's him, all right. I did read this story. Thanks for depressing me. <laughs> what a wonderful... Well, I just did a quick search for something, and I found that. It's like this This is like a follow-up to the Halloween special, almost, with these two stories. Christmas, you know, Christmas in October is what we should have called this. Well, but it won't... It won't, uh, it won't air until Christmas, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Actually, I picked the book I picked thinking it was a Thanksgiving book based on the cover. Oh. Yeah, I was wondering that. I I have those books, but I have not read them yet. I haven't gotten to that part of rereading the FF. So I don't know anything about what's going on there. And who the hell is that woman with the thing? Oh, yeah, he was engaged to her for a while. I didn't know that at all. What the hell happened to Alicia? She was off the table for a little while. I think she was off with the Silver Surfer or something. 
I don't really remember. But we'll talk about it when we get to the book. She's such a tramp. That's why the lady is a tramp. She was born to run. What? Tramps like her. Baby, they were born oh. to run. Oh, <laughs> like, how do we go from it's... Frank Sinatra? What? Deborah Green was a teacher at Ben Grimm's former grade school. They began dating after he returned to his school to talk with the children about his adventures with the Fantastic Four. Scott's going to miss these two great books. He'll, he will get over it. Last appearance, Fantastic Four 569. Hmm. Dude. What happens in that one? Let's see. So are we going to make... Is this going to be the official Christmas theme? You want me to open it and I'll... Uh, maybe I'll do a Santa thing? Alright. I could do that. <clears throat> Alright. Just, just tell me whenever you want to actually open. I want to open. Oh. Oh, I listened to the uh, the end of um, the Halloween one. <laughs> yeah, what what is, tell me what it is because they all blend together after a while. Well, that's that's where you put in where I was just babbling while you walked away and I was just singing and oh, saying yeah, yeah, stupid yeah. things and I was looking stuff up, making comments to myself. I actually edited that down some. It's good to have an editor <laughs> who actually edits. Actually edits. There are times when I don't, though. There's times where, you know, because I, I do most of my editing in the morning when I'm getting ready for work. Mm-hmm. So sometimes where I'll How do you do that? Uh, you get ready for work. How are you editing? Well, I'm not necessarily getting getting ready. I'm up. Oh, I got And you. then, you know, like I, I, I go downstairs, I make my cup of coffee, I come back upstairs. So while I'm drinking my cup of coffee, I'll do some editing. Then I, you know, you got to keep in mind, I, I don't have anybody else here to do chores. So then I go and get the clean laundry out of the laundry room, and I put it on my bed, and I start folding the laundry while I'm listening to it. Oh, okay. So then, stuff then like might, that. So every once in a while, might... I'll walk away for a couple of seconds, and something will slip by my notice. Whoops. <laughs> that's the, the usually that's usually when the F-bombs get in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get a little closer. Don't be shy. Back, back to the bins. Okay, I have 29 things in the inbox, and I only see one on this page. I, I'm so tempted to open this, but I know I can't. What does it say? It's from Mr. Barrister Hans Eric. <laughs> Subject, personal letter from Mrs. Rashina Amara. God, I'm so tempted. Yeah, go ahead. No. <laughs> Bypass trash, delete. The inbox says 29 things. Delete. Go away. Shoot. Let's look in the inbox. How can I have 29 things in the inbox? There we go. Now the inbox is empty. Okay. And it was all stuff about meet me, call me, nice lingerie. Love you a long time. I have the LED screen, Mr. Rashashani. Mr. Rashashani. From Fort Lee, New Jersey. Bins mail can't be empty. There we go. Russell, Russell, Russell. It's like it's. There are other people out there, Rusty. Russell Bragg, first base. Russell Bragg, second base. Russell Bragg, outfield. Russell Bragg. Wait, Kyle Benning. Russell Bragg. 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 Get off my. Oh man, these are some old emails. 
from July. Yeah, we might have to try to do one or two of these. All right. <clears throat> Take a sip of my drink. If I can tap and suck every molecule of Diet Mountain Dew out of this can. <sighs> Turn the microphone. Me, 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 me. La, la. <clears throat> ho, ho, hello, and welcome to Back to the Bins. I am Santa Bill, and with me is my little elf, Paul Spat Arrow. <laughs> so if I'm a little elf, but okay. I just see you in like the little elf outfit. You're like, you know, you're like Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's, that's probably an apt comparison. If Will Ferrell was, you know... You're like the Stalin elf. <laughs> well, I, I do have that hair. You know, I did say something to somebody at work. I said uh, today, uh, I said something about Joseph Mengele, right? Speaking oh. about, you know, old. And, and the guy's like, who's that? I was like, what? Oh, I do listen to the prophets with him every week. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who doesn't get that joke, you probably don't listen to listen to the prophets. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, you don't know who Joseph Mengele is? So then I had to go, you know, well, basically he did experiments on people to, uh, you know, to get medical advances. But he used uh, Jewish people as guinea pigs. And uh, that's uh, not a good thing at all. It's amazing. Ever. It really is amazing that I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to get, get off on this. Oh, stuff, God. Just that, that 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 mentality could hold at all is just beyond me. And I'm going to just leave it at that. I don't think. Oh, I thought you were still angry to... because of what he compared you to Dr. Mengele. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that there really was a Dr. Mengele and that yeah. he did the things he did. And that somehow he justified them. It's just, it's beyond me. It really is. Yeah. And like I said, I just want to leave it at that. I don't want to start getting into any sort of. But this is or... a Christmas episode, and to go right along with that. Yeah, to go got... along with that, we have two scary Christmas books. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and and by. By way of background, we were going to do a different topic tonight, but Scott is under the weather, so we bailed on that topic because we're saving that one for when we're all together. So so we decided to cover something else, and we're recording this in mid-November, so I picked a book that has a Thanksgiving-type cover on it, thinking it's a Thanksgiving story, except it's a Christmas story, which Bill quickly picked out and said, okay, we'll do a Christmas episode. And there we are. Voila. Voila. And I read this book today at work, your book, and then was like, hey, I'm strapped for time. Can you find a like a DC or an indie creepy Christmas story. Of course, I didn't expect you to go straight to the creepy magazine. Well, that's, that's I did a quick search <laughs> for creepy Christmas story. Oh, and, my and time is up. Good night, everybody. We're going to have to turn over all the cards. <laughs> but I, I, I literally did a Google search for creepy Christmas stories, and that came up. So, uh, And neither of us had access to the book that it's in. So once again, we are using, what is it called, Read Comics Online? Yes, that's correct. You are correct, sir. So as as much as uh, well, we, that's what we're using. Just let's just leave it at that. Yeah. We have any? Uh, um, well, it's kind of early. I was gonna say Christmas Christmas comic news, but comic news in general. Um, let's see. They've been they've been making these. Uh, I don't know if they're resin or something else, but these really 
pretty high quality uh, statues at a cheap price at a fairly cheap price and I have yeah. a few of them on a shelf and I am expecting at least two more for Christmas mm. and uh, and which, I've pre-ordered which, one that comes out in February that I'm going to get right now I have I have Thor I have Thanos I have Iron Man I have uh, Peter Quill uh, I have Doctor Strange, and next to Doctor Strange, I have, not with that line, but I have the Hulk, I have the Silver Surfer, and then a smaller Submariner. So I have the Defenders all together. Oh, nice. Uh, and oh. I'm, I pre-ordered Captain America holding Thor's hammer, which comes out in February. Ooh. And like I said, I'm expecting at least two more for Christmas. I'm also expecting for Christmas. Now, we're giving this way in advance, but, you know, people say, what do you want? And when you tell them, you know, you think you're probably going to get it. So I'm also going to get, I also asked for Frankenstein Alive, the trade, the uh, hardcover version, mm. which was not unreasonably priced, I didn't think. I don't even remember how much it was going for, but it was not unreasonably priced. So I think those will be my geek gifts. Any other geek gifts I get will be a surprise, but those are the ones I'm expecting. Interesting. Anything in particular that you have on your wish list? Uh, no, not really. Um, I'm good. Uh, I do know that I, I, I recently read a preview for books. I think that will be out by maybe December, if not early January. There. Um, so you know how we just did the book on the Loki Unchained which mm-hmm. I believe, which will go up before this episode, if not listen to that episode when it comes out, uh, and how it was a flashback of a story that took place after, you know, they, they just kind of wedged it in. So I saw an advertisement or a, uh, you know, not an, well, yeah, a solicitation for an upcoming Avengers Defenders storyline called, I think, Tarot. And it's like wedged into something in the event, you know, it's like old school Avengers and Defenders. I think it's going to be like a six-issue uh, miniseries. So it makes me think, are they getting good sales on these older books, these nostalgia books, more so than the newer stories? And that's why I, they seem to be doing this now? And I don't know if it has anything to do with quality or if it's just my own nostalgia, but I hope so. Alan Davis is doing the art. Ooh, that's good. At least on the, you know what? While we're sitting here jibber jabbering, I'll look it up real quick. That's, I'm sure I can find it. You know, I, I I get such pleasure out of not collecting now, and then they come out with these things like, and I'm sitting here thinking, well, well I'm thinking well, maybe I gotta get trade. that. Yeah, yeah, Avengers Defenders Tarot. I would say I'm more likely to go for it on the trade. Ah, here we go. Tarot. Alan Davis pens Marvel's next. Next Avengers Defender story. Writer Alan Davis and artist. Oh, wait a minute. He's just. I think he does some of the covers, but it's it, it's Paul Renaud will team. Alan Davis, writer Alan Davis and artist Paul Renaud will team for a new Marvel comic that brings together Earth's Mightiest Heroes and the publisher's premier non team. And this is from comic book uh, CBR.com, which I think is Comic Book Resources, um, from October 15th, 2019. Would well, give people their due? I'm going to use their stuff. Tarot number one unites the Avengers defenders when Namor the Submariner searches for his former invader's partner, Captain America. A long-lost memory from Namor's days in World War II is a catalyst for the story, but both the Avengers and defenders are drawn into the conflict. According to the synopsis, the antagonist for the comic is 
infernal icor of Izazog, who is bringing along the promise of a labyrinth of pain, destruction, and madness. Madness, I tell you! The cover to Terra 1 is split down the middle with the Avengers on the left, the Defenders on the right. Captain America Hulk, Hulk represent both books in the middle. Oh, yeah, there's a split right down the middle on the Cap and Hulk. Oh, okay, that's all it really says. So I can try to – I will copy this image and send it to you. Or I might have to save the image. Or you could just look up Avengers well, Defense Tarot. Why would I look up when you can just give it to me? Give it to me now. You need it bad, man. Oh, man, where did that go? And yet I see nothing. Hey, give me a minute, would you? Uh, it looks like Bill is typing a message. That's alive. <laughs> oh my God, what did it save it as? All right, so moving on from this, <laughs> because nobody Riveting. wants to listen to us Riveting. Riveting. talking about giving messages. Did you get the picture? Ah, I got, I got, I got find the picture. Actually, uh, I can't find the picture. Just don't don't even worry, but I'll, I I will look it up, and it's something I, I would think that I'm probably going to be interested in uh, getting the trade is my first thought, because there, there's very little new stuff coming out that I'm interested in. I should, you know, what just occurs to me, I should have asked for Fearscape in the don't. trade. Mm. I don't know why that that you know when when I when I have people saying what do you want for Christmas, I don't know why I didn't mention that. Oh oh oh. Oh, there you go. Now you can see the picture. Ooh, pretty picture. Nice, huh? See, we got the Avengers on the left. Each you know, character. Go ahead. I'm just, like, from the cover, it, it just, I don't know, there's something about it that makes it, uh, it doesn't It doesn't look like old school to me, but it almost looks. But the looks, costumes are. Yeah, oh yeah, the, 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 they're drawn from that era, but. The actual artwork, I'm trying. It, it almost looks like what was the uh, the Avengers book? Was it Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Not the cartoon, the book. Oh, I know the the, the eight tw- issue series, and then the other eight issue series. Yes, that's what it looks like to me as far as the artwork. And I don't mm. remember who did the art in that series. Don't remember either. I don't think my... it was Alan Davis though. No, but this is not Alvin. Da- A- Alvin. Alvin. Alan Davis's artwork. This is must be Renaud. Paul Renaud. Renaud. Because it says that Alan, I, I I was mistaken. I think he might, I might have seen some cover, like some pencils for f- covers for later issues, but uh, it says that he's more or less writing it. So, but it's it's definitely picking up the characters from an era that is near and dear to me. So I'm gonna have interest in reading this unless it comes out and people say it's just awful, which I'm hoping I'm, is, will not be the case. I'm torn between. Buying it, or waiting for a trade, or just waiting to hear what people say. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't really know what what, what I want to do because I, I saw this in a solicitation. I also saw a solicitation for a new Avengers one shots, but it's a tie into that new video game for the for the PS4. I don't know if it's on the Xbox, but it does not look good. So I'm not getting the one shots. I'm fairly hesitant to buy any new books just because I, um, you know, I, I especially a video game tie, and I'm like, no, no thanks. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll buy. I'm, I'm still buying plenty of older books, but I, I, I don't want to fill out my collection with new ones anymore. 
Well, because they did this new video game, right? This new Avengers video game, and I, I've seen it, and the gameplay is not wowing me. And they're okay. You think maybe you could? I, I know they wouldn't be cheap, but you think you could get the people or and or use the likenesses from the movies you've been putting out? Nope, 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 nope. That likenesses that costs money. Yes, likenesses are not the same. Same. And the voice actors are not even close to anything close to what they have in the movies. It's kind of like, money what? I, I I know, but I think it's going to fall on it. I don't know. I think it's going to fall on its face. I think Disney's pushing too much. So, all right. Well, I guess that's uh, – well, I guess the other news would be that you, you now have uh, – how's your Disney um, streaming going? Um, so far, so good. I've just kind of played around with it so far. Uh, I want. I really want to watch The Mandalorian, but I'm waiting for Sunday so that Matthew comes back home, my son, and we're gonna watch it together. Now, are they dropping the whole series at one time, or no. are they doling Epis- it out episode at a time? Oh, well, good. I'll wait twelve weeks. <laughs> Is it twelve episodes? Ten episodes? I think it's twelve, but I don't know that for certain. And then, but then there's gonna be you know whatever other series are gonna start dropping when that's done. Oops. You'll have to excuse. Yeah. Can you excuse me for a moment while I answer the phone? I'll just bust in the song. Well, All right, I'll be right back. It's time to feel good. It's time to answer Paul's phone. Somebody's calling him. Wow, who could it be on Paul's phone? Cause they're calling him now. It ain't me or Scott Gardner, cause Scott Gardner is feeling down. You can't see me dancing well, and that's a good thing. Well, I'm running out of lyrics. Well. And I'm out of soda. Ow! Bum, 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 bum. But come on, man. Hurry up. I'm tired of singing. <sighs> Once again, all by myself. Left to my own devices. What will I do? I'll sit here. And think. And I'm done thinking. Ah. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, men have named you. And I don't remember any of the words. Oh, wow, not oh, that's it. Oh, yes, yes, issue two. Ooh. Issue two has Diablo. On the cover, I will I will copy this image and put it in the chat. That way, Paul will be ready when he comes back. You really think I'm leaving all of this in? <laughs> Why not? I just put the second cover up. I see. see. I see it. Uh, see? What do you think of that one? Very similar art style, but I like this one. I like number two better than number one, except for the fact that you know it's got Diablo. <laughs> Diablo is front and center instead of the actual heroes. I like I like that era of Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. That's Brunhilda. Yeah. I, well, I like that era of everybody actually, though. They're all. That's that's my era, so. That's that's what I prefer. I'm trying to see if there's a issue three. I think they only had the first two. 
Nope. Nope. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I see. That's all I got because I ain't got no more. So there you go. Maybe uh, maybe when this goes up, we'll put this in the chat. Or maybe I'll put this in the chat later and say, oh, we were discussing this a little bit, although this book isn't out yet. So. Oh, all right. All right well, so what, we what are we doing in. first, your book or mine? Oh, we could do mine. Yours is older. Yes, it is. From from 1964. Well, no, the series is 1964. The issue is cover dated January 1974. Oh, okay. Well, I was five then. Ho, yes, ho, ho. Yes, you were. So January of 1974, I would have been nine. No, wait a minute. Excuse me. No, and you're older than that. I would have been 11. Oh, 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 oh. Well, we're not doing the entire issue. It's issue number 59 of Creepy from, like you said, January 1974. Uh, what was the cover? Should we include the cover in mind? Sure, yeah, because it's a Christmas cover. Oh, that's right. That's right. It is a Christmas cover because we have uh, Santa Claus climbing down the chimney with a uh, with a big bloody axe in his hand, a rather kind of skinny, emaciated-looking Santa, uh, blood dripping onto the lovely snow-covered roof. Merry Christmas over the fireplace and a uh, oh i guess he's coming out of the chimney because he there is a uh looks like a boris vallejo uh drawing of a of a uh scantily clad woman on the uh on the floor who's probably been the victim of said axe wanted to axe her a question there's plenty of blood on the axe but not really any to be seen necessarily on the body you can you might think there's some dark shadows that could be blood, but you're not sure. Yeah, it's it's ambiguous. It says better not shout, better not cry, better watch out. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. Page thirty nine. <laughs> Special what... giant Christmas horror issue with color. Color, color. At least our story has color. Some of the others do not. And our story opens as a crazy looking, skinny, psychotic. Santa comes down a chimney into the apartment of uh, a somewhat buxom blonde uh, lady, and he kills her with an axe. Well, you 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 see him raise the axe. You hear screaming. You see the police on the street, NYPD, break in, go up to the uh, uh, like looking up the stairway. You know, like a spiral staircase. Well, not a spare. You know, like a staircase. In like an apartment, he's looking up. He sees a, a crazy floor looking... staircase. Yeah, he sees a crazy Santa. He gets up to the floor, and there's a there's a mm, semi chopped up corpse of a woman. Far more Un... graphic than the picture yeah. on the cover. Under the Christmas tree, and from there we split into two separate uh, storylines that run in parallel, but kind of run together. Um, uh, one is the story of we believe it's um we well I mean the way what I got out of the story is that this is the parents of the said crazy Santa we just saw. Do you, would you agree with that? Yes, I would. Okay, and then the other story on the right is of a little girl saying, "Do you, mommy, do you think daddy misses me?" And you're to imply, and pretty sure that it is the same cop because in the bottom of this splash page we have the crazy santa on the left looking at these children singing carols and we have police officer on the right looking at the same children and the inset panels one of the parents talking about randolph randolph the red-nosed santa 
and the other mother and child talking about the husband who we believe he is uh, he is uh, the B cop in New York. So as we progress through the story, we see the Santa begins to stalk one of the uh, patrons that's leaving money in his little his little bucket. And at the same time, the police officer is talking to a fellow officer as he pulls up on the street. Fellow officer tells him about a, uh, oh, man, there's a Christmas killer out there. And as the stories go, you see this crazy Santa while the other cop is telling this guy what's going on. The crazy Santa is killing a little old lady in an alley. And with the story with the cop and his buddy, you get inset little little pink uh, words that is basically the the mother and the child talking about daddy now you figure out through the storyline that they're in california in san francisco and he stayed in new york and this is the beat cop that we're we are talking about it's like so, yeah 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 kind of so um the, we find out the cop's name is willie and he's you know he's like oh man why does this stuff have to ha- happen on christmas and then meanwhile his um his wife and child are discussing him you know oh did you fight with daddy and oh i'll tell you when you're older blah 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 while on on the left side of the page we are seeing the mother the the inset words are in orange and they're talking about how you know we we were poor you know we were terrible parents and you know our kids screwed up blah 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 no wonder he he, he turned out the way he is because the way we were and there's also some uh, some people fighting in, in an alley that uh, the crazy Santa hears, and he's now stalking his way up to their um, their thing. Now, it's this split screener. They're not in the same alley, are they? No. No, I don't think so. No, they're just. It, but it, it's it's drawn to where that they're it's they they kind of overlap a little bit as as the characters are moving about about the city. So the crazy Santa goes up and uh, kills some more people. Meanwhile, the cop breaks up uh, some ne'er-do-well youths trying to, I guess, I hope they're trying to rob the little girl because I hate to think they're trying to do something else. I think they're either trying to rob her or to engage in human trafficking. I don't know because he's, yeah, they're like, come on, girly, we just want to want you to spread a little Christmas cheer. And there's all kinds of loaded things in that statement, but we're just going to move right, right along because uh, Willie the Beat Cop is able to save them while the other family is killed by the crazy Santa. But it was two people arguing, and which is probably parallels what the, what the parents were saying about arguing, which is why Randolph the Red-Nosed Santa goes and kills them. Uh, so the cop, you know, has saved the little girl, and now we see through the two pages the crazy Santa looking at the cop and the little girl in the distance, and then when we cut to the other side, we have the cop and the little girl and the crazy Santa is seen in the foreground, excuse me, in the background, watching them. Yeah, it's kind and of cop- both perspectives. You see it from the crazy Santa's view and the cop's view, and it's the, happening at the same time because they're actually within viewing range of each other, so we're seeing it from opposite angles in the two different versions, which I think is a very cool effect. Yeah, and then you get to the middle panel, and the, the crazy Santa is right around the corner from the little girl, and she's waving to the cop. And then he turns away, and you can see where she's standing at the corner, but you don't see the crazy Santa. And meanwhile, we we still have the ongoing story of the parents talking about Randolph and how, 
oh, what he did to that poor little girl while he's standing around the corner from this little girl. So obviously this is his modus operandi. And meanwhile, the mommy, uh, the little girl and the mother are talking about, um, you know, um, how parents get divorces and, you know, we still love each other, but, you know, things are hard, blah, blah, blah. And then crazy Rudolph Randolph comes around the corner. The little girl sees him. He's getting ready to, he's got his ax in his hand. His, well, it's not an ax. It's a, it's a butcher's cleaver, a little hard on the beaver, Mrs. Cleaver. Um, uh, and uh, yes, I did get that. Bill. Okay. Well, I knew you would maybe Russell too. Uh, so anyway, um, she screams out and the cop whips around and excuse me, I have to go page by page on this. The crazy Santa is ready to lay this uh, cleaver right into the girl. And but the cop jumps in and oh man, he gets a cleaver right to the shoulder. Yeah. And uh, the uh, I don't know if the I, th- I don't know if he just if Randolph just pulls it out. Or hits him repeatedly. It's hard to tell. Does it look like he's hitting him, or did he just pull it out? I'm thinking he just pulled it out, because otherwise he would have hacked his arm off, which he didn't do that, that at least. I mean, but he's really ble- I mean, he bleeds out a lot. Of course, oh, yeah. he probably oh, hits this- a major... Because that thing went deep, deep into to, to his shoulders. So now, basically, the stories are no longer parallel, except for the same inset, uh, uh, inset word balloons of, of the parents on the left, and the mother and daughter on the right but basically his story is now progressing like a regular comic because he's down the cop he's what and then he's walking towards the cop going to going to attack the little girl but the the uh the cop pulls his revolver and shoots and kills randolph and um the little girl goes and, and holds the cop's hand and you, was, you you could probably assume that he dies but they yeah don't, they don't actually give you any definitive thing on that so you know if you want to have more of a christmas feel you can assume that he somehow survives and is oh you know redeemed by his time with this little girl as far as his daughter and i kind of like that idea of looking at it that way better yeah because the other way is uh because the um the words from the daughter to the mother you know she says mommy is daddy thinking about me tonight and oh baby your daddy is thinking about you all the time and on this night in particular i'm sure your father is thinking of nothing but you and he's laying in the snow with a lot of blood seeping into the snow as the little girl cries and holds his hand so you could look at it either way that he does survive or that he passes away thinking of his daughter while the small child holds his hand Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Sorry for picking such a depressing story. <laughs> it's not like the next one's going to be any better. Well, the other one's the other one's a little a little bit less. a little less bit better. Well, the, I, that's realistic, and that's the, the positive. That's, that, that's until we get to the next. I mean, spoiler: it ends on a cliffhanger, at least for us, because we don't know what's going to happen. We got to you got to read the next one for the one that you you picked out. Yep. Because I read it and I'm like, what? That's it? You son of a. Yeah, it's because you can't just read the next one. Well, I gotta, I can. I'd have to go dig it out and find it. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, we didn't say who the artist was or the. Uh, the artist is, uh, to uh, me, this this looks like a little little Annie Fanny. Which yeah. I, forget, I forget who the artist was on that. It, it was. It's like, not. It's not Crumb. I know that. No, 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 no. Uh, Art is Rich Corbin. Yes. And Rich Corbin, uh, 
is an American illustrator and comic book artist best known for comics featured in Heavy Metal Magazine. He's the winner of the 2009 Spectrum Grandmaster Award and the 2018 Grand Prix at Angelim. In 2012, he was elected to the Will Eisner Award Hall of Fame. Wait, when you say Grand Prix, you mean a driving competition? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I mean, Uh, I'm not the most learned man, but I didn't know what else a Grand Prix could be. Could be a car. I'm, I'm looking to see if I can find anything more specific on that, but I'm looking up Grand Prix to Corbin see. Corbin did the cover of Meatloaf's "Bad Out of Hell." Ooh. Well, I remember. Sorry. Ooh, shop, shop. Ooh, shop, shop. I never felt so good. I never felt so right. Like so he seems to have specialized in stuff, you know, of a. A more sophisticated nature. I mean, it says he's, he did some Edgar Rice Burroughs, some H.P. Lovecraft. Mm. Uh, you know, again, he did the cover of Meatloaf's album. You know, I'm still singing Meatloaf in my head, right? I know. Just out of respect to you, I stopped. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, his his artwork, like I said, it reminded me of, of Little Annie Fanny, and I can't remember for the life of me now who the artist was who did that, and I'm going to put that in and find out in a sec. Kurtzman? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yes, Harvey Kurtzman. Well, actually, he's the author, illustrator, Will Elder, Russ Heath, Arnold Roth, Jack Davis, Al Jaffe, Frank Rosetta, Paul Coker. So it's not... It's Kurtzman is just the writer, apparently. But, but the art style is similar in many ways to that, except, you know, far more gory in this particular story. Yeah, it's um, a lot darker, too. And, uh, whoops, maybe I shouldn't hit images for little Annie Fanny. That was probably a mistake. Hello, I'm on another list. Oh, well. <laughs> Wait, Brave and the Bold, Batman, and little Annie Fanny? That's got to be a made-up one. You think? <laughs> it says, I don't know. It says number 167... In the bowl? I don't know. Interesting. Anyway, back to this story. I mean, it's 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 a very <laughs> very creepy, very depressing story, but it is also very well told. I think I love. I really enjoy the uh, the stylistic way of telling the two st- two sides of the story at the same time. Well, um, you've got like four stories going on. You've got what you see and what you're being told by two different sets of people. That you only see in the first panel on the two the two top insets of the little girl and the mother and the two parents that raised that whose child became a became a psycho. But the whole story is about seven pages long and a lot happens mm-hmm. in here and there's a lot of you know stuff to 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 kind of grasp a hold of as you're reading it and and take your time with it. It's not, you know, you you could read a current comic. I know we sound like broken records, but you could read a current comic that's 30 pages long in two minutes, this seven-page story. And not have this much story. Yeah, this this seven-page story took me a lot longer to read because I was taking in so much of it with each page. And then, you know, the artwork was interesting enough and, and, you know, artistic enough to make me want to... you know, go over it more slowly as I read through it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think this this story succeeds on a lot of levels. The only one it doesn't succeed on is the making you feel uh, goodwill towards men. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, you know, there's a Bill's drugstore on the... Uh, yeah, on the, the, could be 
balls, but it, I think on, it's on the splash page. Up. I saw that. Yeah, that's that's me standing there in the window. Is the uh, proprietor there in that shadowy figure? I wish I was that thin. Maybe not. Um, it, yeah, it's it, there's a lot here for just a seven page story with with, with the, you know you've got but the but the two the narrative even though it's not talking about what's happening in the page it reflects and gives you more insight into each of the two main character stories one being the psycho the other being the cop which eventually got co- made into a movie psycho cop <laughs> but yeah it's you know you, ultimately i mean you, like i said I, I i feel like i have to walk away from this and say to myself that the cop you know that the, the ambulance came and they saved him you know possibly lost, lost his arm but uh is it possible know, we're missing a page i don't know no i don't, I don't think, think so are. i don't believe we are i think because you know when story. i got to that page and then i went to the next page and it's uh you'll be the death of the party in your own horrible zombie mask i'm like what i'm like what a horrible place for an advertisement let me go to the next page oh my god it's the next story what oh no what happened to the cop well these these you know these books were made to you know they're horror books they're not you know it's it's not made to to make you feel warm and fuzzy but i want to feel warm and fuzzy it's christmas i know it's not not fair you know, maybe we'll do a second Christmas episode with Warm and Fuzzy. Maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we'll do two. This is just too town. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I can be a pretty dark person, but damn. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. Where's Scott Gardner when you need him? Scott, Scott is the one who's going to make us feel warm and fuzzy? All right, well, never mind. I don't know. What were you thinking, that. man? Oh, he's always so up. He always brings the happy Disney to the... He brings the, the happy. He brings... He, Scott brings the happy. Hey. <laughs> oh, no, this we, is a life. <laughs> so, okay, so you want to rate this thing? And I think you can rate the cover with it, because the cover directly relates to this story. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, aside from not being enough blood, if... Santa did kill that lady, unless she's just lounging in front of the uh, on the floor for no apparent reason. Uh, I uh, I gotta give cover an A. It conveys just what it's selling. Creepy. <laughs> I mean, I, there's no complaints there. Um, this get this does get your attention. Mm-hmm. Um, for the interior, um, even though it's it's it is a different style of art, we usually don't don't encounter. A lot. I mean, we've encountered it a few times. We've done books like this, like the the black and white. What was it? Man thing. Right. It was kind of in that vein, and some of the um, like the the Frankenstein alive, and a couple other things. Um, and the dog just boss hogged his way into the garage, and boss hogged his way out of the garage. Good for you, comment. Um, I will give it an A. And I will give the story an A. Not just because I'm easy. I mean, I mean, I could give it a B for being a little bit of a downer, but it's doing what it's it's doing what it's selling. It's creepy. It's absolutely creepy. Doing what it's advertised. Yeah, I'm you? pretty much in agreement with you. I think the cover 
is an A. I think it's, it, it, it like you say, it, it basically is advertising exactly what you're going to get in this, in this, at least in this story, and I think in this book in general, it's really well drawn. Although, I do feel there's an inconsistency between kind of the two human characters shown in it and the background. The background doesn't seem to have as much detail as the characters do, or actually even the foreground. The building itself almost looks cartoony. And then mm-hmm. Santa Claus and the dead woman are much more uh, photorealistic in the way they're drawn. But despite that, I, I, I think this is pretty much an A cover. And I think it, it really, you know, if, if you're on the newsstand and you're looking at books, you, you know what you're going to get. And if this is what you're in the market for, you're going to like this story. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to like what you get. Uh, the actual story itself uh, I don't think it would be an A except for the split storytelling, which I think brings it up a level. And I really like that. And I think that's what makes it an A because I just think that's a, a you know pretty unique way of telling the story. Not unique is probably overstating it, but it's, it's an uncommon way of telling the story is probably a better way to say it. Uh, and, and the comparison between you know who we're seeing here is, is really stark between the police officer and the crazed killer uh the artwork is really well done Uh, i don't know if this is painted or you know how how this effect is created because it does not look like a typical comic book art you know thing the the art in it reminds me a little of in the heavy metal story with the guys on the plane the pilots on the plane from from the movie i'm going off the movie when the guys on the plane turn into zombies and they're... Do you know what I'm t- talking about? No, not offhand. From the heavy metal movie, when the guys are oh, hit with okay. the Lochnar with the little green ball and it slams into the plane into the B-29, or is it B-17? I can't remember. Um, and then the guys that get shot up by the Germans, they start to turn into zombies and they're ripping apart a crew ripping the crew apart and then the, then the guy lands on the... The guy parachutes out, lands on the island... And then, like, oh, there's all these other wrecked planes and all of the, the – there's the violence full of nothing but zombies. It kind of – but it's it's still – they're human. It, 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 like the shading, like like the one where the cop uh, is talking to his buddy mm-hmm. in, in the car and in the middle panel where, where he's saying, chop up a woman – chopped up a woman over on west side, not far from here. The way the guy's, like, looking down at him, but he's kind of like – his head's kind of t- taken back like, oh, my god. And then the next one, where he's got his hand over his face, like he just can't—he's having a hard time t- taking in what he's hearing. Mm-hmm. But you don't see, like, well, we don't ever—you know what's—we don't ever hear the internal thoughts of the two characters, the psycho and the cop. True. Like the the substitute for that is the other narrative by the other people, but it's still kind of ties it together with what's going on with them it's it's very interesting like i read through this the first time and like i do often i sometimes won't read anything the first time i flip through a story or a book i just go through to try to see what the what the art will tell me and when i got through i was like okay now i i gotta go back because there's i'm i'm missing i knew i was missing something here i was like I kind of get the gist of what's going on, but then when I read it closely and read, read everything, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is much much deeper with with the way it's written and and the way it's drawn." 
Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't finish your rating, and I just lost my okay. back in. That's okay. Uh, but basically, I'm giving it A's across the board, just like you. Mm. A, A, A. No A pluses, just A. A. No bloody A plus, no bloody A minus. <laughs> just three A's. We're giving it the Winkler. A. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, it was very cool. Somebody out there didn't get that. <laughs> Russell did. Hi, Russell. We love you. We love you too, Kirk. I want you to feel left out. Everybody else, Kyle, we, we'll get to your email too. And Jason Trenner, if you're still listening, we haven't heard from you in a long time. I can't think of anybody else. If I've forgotten someone, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> is that your list of who's been naughty and who's been nice? <laughs> That's right. All right. So we'll move on to my book. And as I mentioned earlier. Oh, my, yeah. Yours is so much more upbeat. My book was picked a based on the year. fact that the cover is kind of recreating a Norman Rockwell Thanksgiving picture. Only and what does this the teach you? Four. What does this teach you? Don't Never judge, judge a, book a book by its cover. Well, you know what? They actually warn us. On the cover, it says, Dear readers, you have That's our true. word that nothing in this nothing this lame happens inside. Yours sincerely, Mark and Brian. So the, the cover is uh, by Brian Hitch. Uh and it shows Sue and Reed at the head of the table bringing a Thanksgiving turkey. And then at the table are the thing, Johnny. Uh, the Which things just, then... just like that one that was done for what? For the Justice Society? With yeah, Superman very and Supergirl similar. bringing it. It's like the exact same. Only, only the characters are different and, and the style yeah. is different. But the actual... Poses, you know, poses are pretty are much similar. Yeah, so you have the thing, you have the uh, Human Torch, you have Franklin, Valeria, and then uh, Debbie, who was the thing's fiance at the time. People may forget that. The story is titled "The Christmas Monster." It is written by Mark Miller, penciled by Brian Hitch, inked by Cam Smith, Andrew Curry, and Brian Hitch. Colored by Paul Mounts and lettered by Russ Wooten. I am stealing the synopsis from Marvel Wiki. So it starts off with Larmont, Scotland, 25 years ago. Rana King, pregnant with child, tries to flee town. However, the locals have blocked the road out of town. Confronted by Hector McLeod, tells her... McLeod! Oh, sorry. Tells her that she cannot run without giving up her unborn child to Corgo. Giving up her attempt to flee, the defeated Rana King surrenders to McLeod and the others who gently lead her back into town. Aw. Now, wait a minute. Two things before you keep, keep reading. One, I, I, unless you're going to cover the dialogue that's said right there, right? Mm-hmm. Later? Or you just want to say it now? When they, when they when when they bring her back to town, it says, "Now come on back home where it's nice and warm. All the stress is only going to make that baby taste funny." Mm mm mm. His dinner is in the oven. <laughs> this is so much more of an upbeat story. So the <laughs> oh, but but wait, isn't Corgo? Isn't that like one of the old FF foes from like the first 100 issues? That's Kurgo. Kurt, what? He's like he, from like issue four or five, not five, but what? That's K E R. K U R. Oh well, excuse me. All right. All right. I believe, Any, I can, unless I'm mistaken. But I I'm meant to look sure. it up when I read it earlier, but I I had forgot until now when you said Gorgo. But you okay, may continue. you you look it up while I read the rest of the uh, okay synopsis. 
So, Lorman, Scotland today. Hamish Richards stands outside his home awaiting the arrival of his cousin Reed and his family who are coming all the way from America to celebrate Christmas with his family. Suddenly, the Fantastic Four, Reed's children, and Ben's fiancée, Debbie Green, arrive in the Fantastic Car, which is also hauling a trailer. When they land, Sue remarks how Hamish and his wife Muriel haven't seemed to age haven't seemed to have aged a day. After they remark on how the children have grown and Debbie is introduced before they go inside for some tea. That afternoon, Ben tries to call Johnny on his cell phone, only to discover that there's no cell service in the area. When Franklin points out that there are some policemen in the nearby graveyard, he, Ben, and Debbie learn that they are burying one of the locals' dogs, which passed away. Aww. They point out that there isn't much in the way of crime. The officer remarks how he has never had to arrest anyone during his entire career. Slacker. Mm. In the center, in the town center, Sue and Muriel are out for a walk with Valeria. Sue remarks how everything seems so spotless and untainted in this town. It's during this discussion that Sue is approached by Ronna King, who asks, who asks to speak to her in private about the safety of her children. However, before Rana can elaborate, they are interrupted by Hector McLeod, who tells Sue to ignore the woman. She's not a bad woman, just a local eccentric. With McLeod there, Rana quickly flees. Soon, it's Christmas Eve, and the Fantastic Four is settled in with Hamish and his family. News comes that Johnny is on his way and will be in the area around midnight. When Hamish asks if Reed and his family will come to Christmas Mass in the morning, Reed explains that the divisive beliefs in either science or religion in the, religi- in the Richards clan is not as hardline as in his father's day, and he and the rest of the Fantastic Four would be happy to attend in the spirit of the season. Reed remarks that faith can have a place during special occasions. Hamish concurs, and ominously states that his belief in their God is what keeps the town so special. That evening, Franklin and Valeria are still awake. Franklin is concerned about Santa finding them when they are in Scotland. After Valeria assures him that Santa will find them, they hear something from downstairs and go down to investigate. They discover that it's their Uncle Johnny, who has finally arrived with tons of presents for everyone. With the holiday bliss, nobody is aware that a group of locals are watching the house and that they've decided that Valeria would be the perfect sacrifice for their master, Corgo. On Christmas Day, the Richards children are enjoying their latest gifts, flight jackets that allow them to fly all over the area. With an hour left to play, Franklin and Valeria fly to a nearby forest to play. However, when they enter the woods, Valeria suddenly disappears. To be continued. So yeah, it's another upbeat Christmas tale of fun and excitement and child Uh, sacrifice it reminded me and i I can't say it reminds me story-wise of but a lot of connections uh when the ff met uh what's his name agatha harkness's son nicholas scratch nicholas scratch and salem Salem seven Seven. yeah like that's what it kind of reminded me of i don't know if it's derivative of that or not because it's been so long since i read that but that's that's the feeling i had you know, this this town where everybody kind of follows the evil. Well, didn't Mark Mark, Mark 
Mark Millar, Mark Miller, however you wish wish to pronounce it. I believe it's pronounced Miller, but I think a lot of people like to call it Millar because they. Say I it's thought it was bad. Millar because there's it's not E R, it's A R. Yeah, I know, but I still think it's pronounced Miller. <laughs> you say Millar, I say Miller. <laughs> it's it's the old uh, George Carlin bit where he says, you know, your name is pronounced the way you want it to. So you, know, you could spell your name G E N O F S K Y. Oh no, he says you could spell your name S M I T H, but pronounce it Janowski. <laughs> That's just the way I pronounce it. They're all silent. But, but, but didn't he? Uh, he he's the one that did the boys, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, and I think he did wanted. So he like he an d- indie. He definitely comic. did wanted, and I know that one has left a bad taste in Scott's mouth because <laughs> because of the uh, you know just just because of the kind of fu ending to the whole thing. The movie or the uh, the book. The book. Oh, I don't think I... Does the book in the same way as the movie? The book has an F.U. ending. Like an F.U. to the readers. Oh, that's right. I think I do remember that. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I think I remember mentioning that now. Yeah. And, and I agree with Scott on it. I don't want to just put him out there as the one who, who, no, no, who no. dislikes no. it. I, I, I tend to agree that I feel like it was, uh, you know... It's, you know, you, it, it's it's like I feel like I'm superior to you, and not only do I have to feel that way, but I have to kind of like be nasty to you and make you pay money for it. That's the way I felt. It. Mm. So I, I find it almost I'm, almost as offensive as Scott does. So this this story, I was getting like a uh, like a uh, Wicker Man or Village of the Dam type vibe. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much Village of the Dam, but more of Wicker Man. Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn. I think that's what thing more than Children of the Damned. Yeah, real creepy. Yeah, everybody's kind of creepy. And somebody's eating a kid. Uh, this is the only appearance. This and the next issue is the only appearance of Corgo. Spoiler. If we think we know what's going to happen to Corgo. You think he's going the way of the dodo? Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Oh, sorry. I like the little joke where, well... I kind of feel bad uh, where young Angus gets a Nintendo DS and he's like, thanks for the Nintendo DS, Dad, while the other kids are flying around in flying jackets. Like, <laughs> hey, shut up, kid. I had, to, I had to pay for that thing. You shut your mouth and like your game. Ungrateful little... I should have just said, okay, then give it to me. Fine, I'll give take it Give it to back. me and I'll play with it. Here, let me smash it. What? Nintendo DS. Well, that's, that's one of the comments in the Marvel Wiki, though, is that it's... Uh... It, yeah, date, it dates topical. it by having that because, you know, that's uh, you know, kind of an old thing that they don't even make anymore. I think I still have one or two floating around this house. <laughs> I think I think my kids have one too. Yeah. Yeah, Kurgo Kurgo K U R G O first appeared in uh, Fantastic Four number seven. Was that the Robot Planet? No, that's that's. Uh, I can't even think of what his name is. He didn't appear until like ninety issue ninety four, I believe. Uh, oh, I have that. Uh, I swear that guy had a K in his name too. I thought it was with a T. Titano, Terminus. No, no. Titicaca. <laughs> yes, that's it. Tim Come Carey County. That's where I got a speeding ticket in New Mexico. That's why I remember that. There's a mountain there too. Tim Come Carey something. Anyway. Now no, you're looking it, it at is, it is not 94. It's 93. It is 93, and his name is Torgo. Tor- 
See, there's a bunch of O's and K's and orgs and oogs, and I'm easily confused, so what, we all know that. He eventually makes an appearance in, like, the 170s or somewhere around there. Yeah, he comes back. We go back. We gotta go back to the island. We gotta go back to Scotland. Hamish. Hamish Richards. Yeah, I, you know, I, I was reading this, and I kept saying, Hamish, Hamish. Where do I know that name from? There's somebody in pop culture, and it's Hamish is a character in Hunger Games. That's the character that uh, Woody Harrelson plays. But it took me forever to remember it, and it was really just bothering the heck out of me. Because I'm not familiar with the name Hamish. But that's, I guess, a a diversion. Uh, I have to say, Brian Hitch... I th- you, know, you know, I was just going to say something about the art that I, I, he, I've i seen some of his stuff that looks better than this. Yeah, so have I. He did some Captain America that I liked a lot more than this. But clearly he does a lot of photo referencing. And the funny thing is I actually like his renderings of the thing in this issue more than I like his renderings of the human characters. I was going to say of everybody else. Yeah, the, one, the ones that he photo references I don't like as much as the one that he clearly had to do on his own as opposed to photo referencing it. Mm. I especially don't like his Johnny Storm. I mean, the, the thing looks great. The faces all look very similar to each other to me. Well, I mean, that's sometimes sometimes certain that happens with certain artists. Like, you know, you could say the same thing about John Byrne. Yeah, except John Byrne was good. <laughs> yes. I I don't know. You know, and, and again, you know, I've seen Brian Hitch stuff that I liked. When he was doing Captain America, I I kind of liked it. Uh I'm not I, I'm not crazy about this at all though. I I really don't like this. It's 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 also it's very inconsistent in that some of it looks to be very simplistic and some of it looks to be very photoshopped. The backgrounds are all pretty Sometimes, good. Sometimes, is it just me or like some of the eyes look weird? Like, look at the bottom of page eight, the close-up of Valera when she turns and she's she's talking. Mm-hmm. Does one of her eyes just look really not like like one's a little bit like she's got a Marty Feldman thing going on there? <laughs> right? Come on, am I right? <laughs> yeah, most. Look at that picture. I don't know about Marty Feldman. It? Her lips look weird too. Does she look like a two-year-old? That's for sure. No, no, she does not. Excuse me, two and a half. But, but she, like her eyes, like one eye is just a little bit too far over. It's like no, no, no. That just just doesn't look right. And at the top I, of that page I, with Reed and Sue, they just don't look. What is with Reed's hair? What is that? Yeah, that's what, weird. Did a muskrat die on his head? What the <laughs> hell is that? He just got a bad haircut. I mean, I mean, ugh, ugh. I, I mean, like the backgrounds I... in the pictures. I think the, the the background work is very good, and it's probably photo referenced also, but it still it, it works for me. Uh, I think you know he he draws it the way I kind of picture a Scottish background seeming, except mm-hmm. uh, you know it also looks like they're at Stonehenge in half the pictures. Uh, but yeah, do they not have flat land here? Uh, apparently not. I, I don't know. I've never been to Scotland, so I can't tell Well, that's you. true. That's true. I don't know. I've seen movies with these, these big, long stretches with, with rocks, but, I mean, maybe not as many rolling hills. Like, in the, like, like the cemetery even is, like, not flat. It's it's all, like, valleys, and it's like, really? Eh, I don't uh, know. I, 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 I should – I have not been to Scotland. Well, like I said, I think the backgrounds are pretty well drawn. It's, it's the human characters that I'm not crazy about at all. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, the, the story is intriguing, but it does feel it does feel kind of derivative to me. And I, again, it, it's making me think of that Salem Seven Nicholas Scratch thing. But I don't know if that's fair or not. I don't like the way they did the FF uniforms with the short sleeves. I, I don't know if that was I don't think that was Hitch's thing. I think somebody else came up with that first. I don't like that look though. I, something else that confused me when they show the large shot of um where the cops is can you believe i've never actually arrested anyone in my entire career you got the two cops standing there with shovels you got the small grave dug for the dog i guess for his casket or whatever it, what sometimes is that? they come back sometimes they don't what is that giant flipping cross there for is that for the dog did they dig up another grave to put the dog there it, it looks like the, that it's... Did it just fall there in it's there? Either, it's either specifically to put for the dog or they had to move it in order to dig the grave. I mean, you wouldn't just have it laying on the ground that way. Well, you wouldn't pick... You wouldn't... You wouldn't move a... Cr- I mean, wouldn't that already be a headstone for somebody? And what, you digging... I, I don't know. I'm confused by why the giant cross is on you the ground. You also wouldn't have a cross that large for a dog. I don't care exactly. how much you love your dog, it, you just wouldn't. That's why the whole the whole thing with the cross just has me. I'm just scratching my head. But, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I'm just confused. Well, now, I'm going to ask you the, the, the key question, I think, when you come to issues like this, because we end off in a cliffhanger. Do you have the desire to read the next issue? I do, because I like to know what happens. I have a certain amount of curiosity, but I don't feel like. Oh well, I mean, I'm. I don't feel like, like it's particularly important to me to read. Yeah, if I happen to stumble across it, or if I get, to, I'm like, I'm not going to go tonight, and oh, I, I got to know what happens. It's like, well, well, one, I know they're going to kind of get out of it, you know, just because. No, they're all going to die. Yeah, yeah, I know. Maybe this is a parallel Earth story, and they maybe. do all die. Maybe, maybe not. Mm. All right, Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the end of the Fantastic Four uh, so I mean realistically <laughs> the cover is kind of a copy I think it was done better on the Justice Society the interior art I'm not really that wild about except for the backgrounds and the story feels derivative this is not a stellar issue as far as I'm concerned yeah but I'm still curious as to what will happen but it'll be probably derivative because i mean i glanced ahead a little bit i guess well spoiler i guess they sacrifice one kid every 25 years for 25 years of happiness hooray or something like that mm-hmm. and valera is going to be the next lunch so yeah and the last page franklin just looks really he looks uh, like his features are too small to be on his head <sighs> he's got a huge head look at the size of his ear the on size the, of his head. It's huge. Yeah, he's got, it's like it's like Franklin the leader. <laughs> I mean, and, and like, I think that's where you go wrong with the photo uh, photo referencing because I, I would imagine that is photo reference well, because something you, and and, you, I, and it just doesn't look good. Like you look at the page before the big uh, the top the big splash on, on that page. It's not a very detailed Franklin, but it's a very nice shot of him in the forest. And mm-hmm. showing the size of the trees in comparison to him, and he's got a, he's and he's got a normal size head, and in the next panel he's got a normal size head, and the next panel he's got maybe a slightly bigger head, then he's got a little head. It's growing and, and, and then, growing, and then it's massive, massive, huge, huge. I tell you, 
I kept looking for uh, the TARDIS somewhere in this uh, in these <laughs> shots, but I'm, I it, I wouldn't doubt if there's one hidden in here somewhere, but I didn't see one or a police call box. Right. So all things said and done, you want to rate this one? Yeah, go ahead. You rate first. All right. The okay. cover. Uh, I don't like the fact that it really doesn't have anything to do with what we see inside. Uh, even though point. they do give fair warning on the cover. Uh, I hate the way Johnny looks on it. Um, he looks like... Oh, he just looks creepy. He looks uh, like the crazy Santa Claus from the last story. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't I don't feel it's particularly well rendered. Uh, and I don't think, think it was... I think Reed and Sue... They're and okay. Ben's, what? I think they look one of their... One of, well, that's probably because you can't see their eyes. So they know they're all freaky looking. Because... You know, Valera's got those cold, dead eyes next to Johnny, crazy Johnny. Everybody that you can't see their eyes directly and the thing look okay for me. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. There's something crazy with the eyes in all. this book that bugs me. I'm gonna say a C minus on the cover. I'm just not wild about it. The interior art, I don't like the way any of the human people look throughout it. I like the backgrounds very much. I like the way the thing looks pretty much. Uh, so there's enough positive there for me to give it a C, but I don't think it's worth more than that because I don't like the photo referencing at all. Uh, and the story just feels like, you know, okay, we're going to introduce this cousin who you never heard of before, and we're going to come up with this storyline, and, you know, we're just going to throw it all out at you, and it doesn't feel very original. It doesn't feel like it's very particularly well done. I'm going to say a D on the story, and overall I'm going to give the book a C-. Hmm. Um, I will give the cover two pluses in that Franklin has a Captain America like swirly straw or squiggly straw in his drink. Do you see that? He's got a little shield yeah, on. Yeah, I do. That's kind of cool. And that they've got those uh, – I'm not sure what they're called in England. That thing that looks like a giant taffy or tamale. Mm-hmm. That's I believe that's called like a popper, and each person pulls one in and it pops confetti out for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Andy would have to we'd have to check with him. He would be our uh, English correspondent, but uh, I believe uh, that's what that is. So I, I got some I got to give it some kudos for 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 that. Um, so you gave it a C, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I'll give it a C plus for the Captain America straw and the poppers. Uh, the interior, oh my god, I just can't stand the eyes on some of these people. They just freak me out. I gotta keep reading. Just, just keep going. Just, just, just don't look at them. Don't make eye contact. It's pretty bad when I can't make eye contact with people in a comic book. Look away, they're hideous. Oh, oh my god, they're staring right on my soul. <laughs> uh, ah, uh, some, some of the backgrounds are really nice, and. But some of the figures just bug me. I got to give the interior art a C. It's just in, in the middle, just for various region, reasons. And I'm wondering if that big statue—I don't know yet—but that that statue that's in the courtyard with the baby on top of two giant fish, with a weird <laughs> fountain in the center square. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that has anything to do with Corgo, Kurgo, the Magnificent, whatever he is. Um, in the story. Uh, um, C minus, so this is going to put it smack dab as a C overall. So pretty much where you're at too. 
Yeah, we're not too far removed from each other on this one. So not not really the most stellar of Christmas stories. <laughs> we might make up for it with a second Christmas episode to follow up this one. But then again, Maybe. we might not. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how the spirit moves us. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a crap book. So do you want to read a couple of emails before we call it a night? Uh, yeah, On yes. On the Russell Bragg show? Russell Bragg Show. So I'll, I'll do the first, which is titled Sleepwalker and the Zodiac. If my email actually opens. I hate this website. Actually, do right-click and open in a new tab. It may, op- it may open mine right away. Oh. You know what? It, just as it opened it, that was when I... Uh... Nope. Open it in a, in, a, in a new tab. Right-click and do that because, boom, it came right up. Circling. Circling. There it is. Hi, guy. Since Paul was the only regular for this episode, Dr. Bill and Scott were missed, but their substitutes were great. Coincidentally, I listened to the I listened to get back to the wrestling with the Jackanetti brothers and Chris Tyler. Chris happened to be absent for their most current episode, abducted by the Black Scorpion or something like that. So it was nice to catch up with him on his on this back to the bins episode. I've actually contemplated collecting the Sleepwalker comics since since Chris's series began. It's not available in trade. As for Jim's book, I don't really know that much about the Defenders, how they came to be, their lineups over the years, etc. However, it was a good listen. Guess that's all for now. Keep up the great work and thank you once again for keeping me entertained at work. Russell must have a really difficult job. (laughs) Since he spends it it listening to us. Well, you know, if if I could listen, uh, I'd be trying to figure out how to listen to podcasts at work. But actually, to be honest with you, with my new job, I'm so busy, I don't have time. It was time um, enough at last. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I have to send you a picture of my desk. I put my Lost in Space robot on my desk at work. I actually have a desk and personality. But on to the second email. And this one, too, is from Russell Bragg. Back to the bins, 374, the Get Off My Concast. Hello, fellows. This episode shows listeners and prospective listeners that you guys don't always have to bring a book to entertain us. I was thoroughly entertained, I guess because your thoughts coincided with mine. I haven't enjoyed a new comic in a very long time. I am trying to keep up on Barry Allen, The Flash, since I'm trying to collect all of his adventures. I even collected the new 52 stuff to, sh- uh, to show how dedicated I am. Well, you can probably get that stuff on the cheap now anyway. Um, that's me interjecting, not, not Russell. I, needed a, I need a handful of issues from 200 to 258 to complete his first run. And no, I don't have the earliest in comic form. I have the three Flash, the Silver Age, Omnibuy volumes one through three. That's right. mostly, Russell is, I, I find he's generally satisfied with uh, obtaining copies of the stories, even if they're not in their original form, which is, you know, that's cool. That's just, when we go to stories that far back, I, you know, I, my goal is to get original copies, but I can understand why some of those are unattainable. Yeah, that's why it took me 40 years to get all my, all my Avengers books. And I would have never done it without Scott's help. So, uh, back to Russell. I mostly stick to pre-crisis on Infinite Earths comics. Silver and Bronze Age. 
when I think about it, I am of the same mind with comic books and television. I enjoy old TV shows compared to what is on today. I am enjoying the heck out of me TV. Yeah, they just brought that back um, where I live. Um, me TV and uh, the Decades channel. So I've been watching, staying up late on like weekends, watching Voyage at the Bottom of the Sea and Lost in Space reruns, which I can find anywhere, probably on the internet and on Netflix. But there's just something about when it comes on that you watch it in its original TV form with commercials. But yeah, if you guys know what that is, that's me TV. So yes, I do, Russell. Uh, I just expounded. But is that because I am old? Maybe. I don't think they make things as good as they used to. <laughs> now, now I still watch the CW's The Flash, even though I am still hopelessly behind, hoping to catch up before season six airs in October. Well, we got this in July, so I don't know if you did catch up. My wife and I work in the evening, so we're not home to watch anyway. Oh, I guess we could DVR, but uh, but there, but is there just anything in my mind worth DVRing? You know, I don't even have, I've never even owned a DVR. I just found out this week that I could actually go buy a DVR, I guess, to uh, record my digital channels. It's amazing. I'm so up on certain parts of technology, but in others, I'm completely oblivious. So, I guess your rant podcast caused me to write a rant email. Ah, you weren't ranting at all. Just like us, an old man. Mm-hmm. It was it was a great idea, and maybe you could do another one down the road. There's always something for us to rail on, huh? Guess I'll close for now. Thank you once again for keeping me entertained at work. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia. Moral enemy of Kirk. What? Oh, sorry. Where I came from. <laughs> so the next uh, entry in the Russell Bragg show uh, is titled Back to the Bins 379, Snark McGill Returns. So this one is directed directly to Scott, but uh, I assume Scott will listen to this, so we'll get it that way. Hello, Mr. Gardner. Sorry that your cohorts cohorts weren't with you. But I was happy to have another I've got a few things to say about Superman episode to listen to. I've thoroughly enjoyed your journey in order of the Phantom Zone. Wish it could be more often, but totally understand that life gets in the way. The Adventure Comics 293 story I have in Superboy 147 and Legion of Superheroes Archives number 1. Superboy number 95, as you said, is not reprinted and I don't have it yet. But it is on my comicshop.com wish list. Action Comics number 287 story I have several ways. Adventure Comics 496, and you are correct, it is in digest form. Legion of Superheroes Archives number 1, and Supergirl The Silver Age Omnibus Volume 1. And Superman 153 story I don't have at all. New Adventures of Superman 23 has an 8-page backup of Superboy's Secret Diary story, Day of the Secret Signal, which features the origin of Superboy's signal lamp. Chief Parker, Professor Lang, and President Kennedy can signal the lamp. As far as my research, I couldn't find an earlier story in Superboy's original comic. I couldn't find the first instance of Phantom Zone telepathy either, so I guess we'll find it in future installments of your podcast. I guess I'll close for now. Thank you for keeping me entertained at work. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia. Uh, should we do another one? Do one more? Sure. Oh, okay. This is again from Russell. I thought we were getting to a Kyle Benning. 
we'll, we'll say we'll, we'll you know what we'll get through Kyle and then we'll take it we'll call it so do okay. one more Russell and then we'll do Kyle and this is from Russell and it is about back to the bins 378 that's just not right that's just not right hey guys Dr. Bill was missed although he was there for a few minutes well I, I, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about I thoroughly enjoyed your old cap phone call to start off the show cracked me up it was nice to have a little get off my lawn in the episode Superman Batman number 8 ugh I, I had I had oh, Superman Batman number eight I had I had in the trade Superman Batman Supergirl but can't remember if it if it was hard or soft cover we do have the DVD story Superman Batman Apocalypse uh, oh we do have which I still have uh, need to watch it again sometime loved your coverage of the book I think Scott brought up Superman Volume Two One Sixty Six where the post crisis Superman finds out the cr- uh, the the Krypton he always knew was not real. Really? Oh? Yeah, they, they kind of oh. screwed over Burns' version. Oh, God. I have this storyline in trade form. Oh, I think I remember this. And unlike Scott, I enjoyed it. I've probably mentioned before, I, I just could never get into the post-crisis Superman. I'm sure it has a lot to do with him never having been Superboy and didn't have a cousin Supergirl. I guess I enjoyed that Superman so much I couldn't stomach the change. I hope we could still be friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's all from me this time around. Thank you for keeping me entertained at work. Russell Bragg, Clarksburg, West Virginia. Much better than where Kirk lives. Oh, so what? Where, where are these things coming from? I got a highlight and it's all this hidden text. Okay, and our final email for tonight will be from Kyle Benning, episode Oh my God! It's amazing to get one that's not from Rusty. Oh, we're teasing you. We're Episode teasing. 381 feedback. No, thank you, Rusty, for sending all this email, or we really wouldn't have much to read. True. So Kyle says, always great to hear from hear Mike and Alan on the podcast, especially together. I enjoyed the preamble and collection discussion quite a bit. I myself am also in the midst of a collection reorganization and purge, so could relate quite a bit. I enjoyed the discussion of both books. I've actually found myself increasingly drawn to black and white comics the older I get. Maybe it's the subject matter and themes typically associated with these black and white comics that are striking a new chord with me in my elderly years. Uh, Kyle, right off the bat, you know, you're much younger than me, so stop talking about how elder you are. It's listened... so hard to see colors. Ugh. I listened to this episode on a flight after I had just finished reading the Black and White Road to Perdition graphic novel on my previous flight. The texture and moody shading that is achievable through strictly black and white artwork can do wonders on a comic, especially one set in the bleak underbelly of the grim 1930s Depression era. Now, I typically find that black and white settings of the original Mirage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle series and Usagi Yojimbo comics, my favorite things to read when I actually get a chance to sit down and decompress with some comic reading late at night or on a plane. Great episode. I hope to hear more 80s small press black and white stuff covered in the future. I think there's a treasure trove of stuff out there in that vein. Thank you for the in-flight entertainment, Kyle Benning. Kyle, I would suggest uh, that you... I mean, well, we did cover a book that was in a mostly black and white magazine today, even though that one isn't. Yeah, Um, I did look at some of the other stories. But I would suggest to you that if you can let us know, 
you know, some really good black and white stuff to cover because you might have a greater knowledge of it than we do uh, that, you know, we can get available to us somehow that we, you know, we'd be interested in hearing that and possibly covering it. Or you uh, can come on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I haven't been much of a manga guy, so, you know, was it uh, Usagi Yojimbo has kind of escaped my uh, my grasp. But, you know, just the same, I, you know, I'd be interested in hearing what you think is good for us to check out. Uh, preferably something we could check out an issue or two of, as opposed to, you know, you got to read these 90 issues or something like that. <laughs> but I, I know Kyle is very, very busy lately with, you know, personal things and work. So uh, we he'll be on here sooner or later, I'm sure. Put it that way. All right. So I guess that's it for tonight. Merry Christmas, Bill. Merry Christmas, Paul. Merry Christmas, listeners. And to all, a good night. Watch out for that axe. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>